0: This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management.
1: Now, on Talk Radio 1210,
2: WPHT, WPHT, HD, hd H-D-3, Philadelphia. Saturday Night Live with Philly labor If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the Law Offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk Listen and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. And a good Saturday night, everyone, and welcome into Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you in real time on this Saturday night. As we promised and committed, we will be live uh, every Saturday night, J-Doc, uh, to bring resources, to bring information, uh, and to bring... Uh, stay true to what's happening uh, for our listening audience in real time and with that, in se- uh, with that being said I welcome you in uh, not in studio tonight of course I'm sitting uh, in my broadcast studio uh, at home you are joining uh, from your location and then we're going to bring a special guest in uh, from uh, his location as well but before we do all of that let me welcome you into the program sir.
1: So, Joe, um, we certainly are in uncertain times, uh, maybe times that our country and our world is, hasn't seen in our lifetimes and in many lifetimes. And at this time, I think it's most important for us to lean on our leaders. Uh, it's the most important uh, thing in the world right now to look to our leaders and, and to not only find solace in them, but direction and leadership. And, of course, that's why I'm extremely happy that we're going to bring on one of our leaders, particularly our injured workers community, tonight. And I'll let you uh, do the honors, but I think it's an important show, and people are going to learn so much tonight.
2: Uh, good stuff. Well said, Jay Doc. And we stay committed. We thank all of our listeners for tuning in on a Saturday night. We stay committed uh, to all of the nurses working on the front line, all of the health care professionals, all of the doctors, all of the members of 1199C, uh, all members of the FOP and first responders, and all of those who are spending tireless nights uh, committed to helping the general public deal uh, with that crisis. With that, I bring in uh, Sam Pond, who's going to join us uh, from the f- uh, for the full hour tonight. And we've got uh, a menu of conversations that we're going to have, uh, Sam. And we're going to try and utilize um, your resources uh, and be able to bring some real helpful information uh, to all those listening tonight. Welcome in, sir.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me, Joe. And Joe, always a pleasure to be here. Um, and you know, we, we are in a pandemic, um, and as a consequence of what is happening, especially with the historic job loss that we've had um, six times beating the previous record back in 1982 in regard to the unemployment rate in one week, uh, folks have a lot of questions about what are their legal rights, whether it's uh, unemployment, whether it's a, a workers' compensation matter, whether it's their social security uh, disability benefits or retirement benefits, whether it's an employment matter. Uh, And also what are the rights under the new bill that has just been signed um, a couple days ago? What are, what are they getting under that bill? So again, um, as we've always talked about, information and knowledge is power. And I'm going to just add this in addition to, people understanding what their legal rights are. And I've given this talk to my staff since this started, and we started getting prepared for this at the end of February. Um, We need to educate ourselves in regard to what this is about, not only in regard to our legal rights, but what is this pandemic. And I'm going to give you this. Be careful in what you listen to. And, I'm going to tell you, the worst thing we need is constantly having headlines about disaster after disaster, death after death. Yes, this is taking human life, and it's horrific. And it's the the front line folks, Joe, as you just said, are our heroes. But let's understand what's going on. Let's understand what's happening in Italy, a tragedy. But understand they just passed the 10,000 death mark, but they've had five days now, five days of not increasing numbers in regard to infections. That's extremely important for us to understand in our own country. When do we peak? What's going to happen? Is there light at the end of the tunnel? Yes, there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's light at the end of the tunnel, and we're going to get out of this. Know your rights, but educate yourself. Educate yourself. You know, and the other thing is I want to add a, you know, good journalism. You guys are good journalists. Good journalism right now is at a premium. Michael Swartonish on CNN is a guy that has real debate, real dialogue, real facts, and people ought to need to, they need now more than ever, really good journalism. They need to understand the facts and get the right information.
2: Sam Pond joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you. And we're trying to piece this show together with uh, multiple studios running at one time so we can uh, deliver to you a live show. Uh, Jay doc I know you wanted to jump in there. Before you do that, Sam, uh, you're going to hear me say this. You already know what it is, but I'd love for you uh, to at least... Define, uh, you've set up, the firm has set up a COVID 19 hotline number, 267 606 4343. And I'll give that number out throughout the hour uh, of this broadcast. Uh, what is it? I, we know why you did it, but what is it? You take it from there.
3: Yeah, it's a hotline for people to understand their legal rights in regard to what's going on. Um, What are your legal rights? There's a piece of legislation that came out this week trying to have, um, if you get the virus while working, there's a presumption that's work-related. That's a piece of legislation trying to go to become law. Um, Can you get workers' compensation benefits if you get the virus at Uh, at, at work? Uh, Yes, you can. It's either a work injury or it's an occupational uh, disease, uh, especially for our friends, Joe, that are in the healthcare business, our friends that are, for example, Teamsters that are going in delivering the food in supermarkets, our supermarket workers, our Acme Union employees, all these folks that are subjected to a lot of people around them, a lot of cargo, a lot of handling with their hands. There should be a presumption that these folks are on the front lines of feeding us, taking care of our health care, delivering our food and our necessities. They are protected by a piece of legislation that it's going to be said that if you have the virus, that it's presumed that you got it at work. So you have a lesser burden in getting benefits, getting a check while you're out with this virus. That is the number one thing that we need to be dealing with. Secondly, secondly, People are being laid off, at, as I indicated, at historic levels. Those folks that had a previous workers' comp case and you went back to work, you may be able to get under the law, it's longstanding law, but if you're laid off for economic reasons and you had a previous work injury, you could be entitled to an automatic reinstatement of your workers' compensation benefits. That's also part of the hotline. Unemployment, that's part of the hotline. Can you get unemployment and workers' compensation? Yes. Are you 50 and urban, all of a sudden, now you're out of work and you don't know when you're going to be back to work? You can get, as we've talked about multiple times and many times, you can get Social Security disability benefits, which are your benefits. Were you treated right? Are you entitled to other benefits when you were furloughed or laid off? That's an unemployment that's an employment issue. Um Do you have a short term or long term disability plan? Can you get those benefits under that plan, whether you bought the plan or whether it was provided by your employer by getting the virus? We know that most of these cases are not going to be serious, but there are about 20% that become serious, and there's also a certain percent that are fatal. So know your rights. That's what the hotline's there for. Call the hotline. Go to our website and you'll see exactly what your rights are in a very summary form. Really quick notes. Gives you all the information in a
1: paragraph. Sam, um, tell me what the reactions are, you know, from your clients um, and and people in general that you guys are hearing from uh, is, is, uh, obviously it's an uncertain time. Are you hearing fear out there? Are people, uh, you know, obviously concerned about their rights and their benefits at this time. Joe, you're a tough
3: guy. You're an honor worker. Um, and I can tell you that I've gotten, I don't know how many calls, and this is really what the result of the hotline was. I don't know how many calls we've gotten from really tough people. And uh, they're afraid. They're afraid sure. about delivering something in a crowded supermarket. Um, or they're, they're afraid of handling equipment. Uh, and clearly, the, the, you know, the, we represent a lot of nurses. The nurses, the courage, the heroes, Oh yeah, uh, of course they're afraid. And by the way, a lot of them are isolating themselves from their families. They're getting apartments. They're not going back to – we talk about stress. So, yeah, there's a lot of fear. But you know what really makes me angry? The failure to provide what is necessary to make these workers safe. Basic, basic math. Basic gloves. It's it's a travesty, you know, to have the pandemic department of the federal government dismantled. Dismantled. Yeah. Dismantled. And not having any kind of coordinated response is just been an arguing about, you know, someone offends me and not giving them equipment. This is a this is we need to America look, under the Production Act, under the Defense Production Act, in World War Two we started building out, Joe, out in the Philadelphia Naval Yard. We were, we were building three ships a day. Ships. I'm not talking about boats. I'm talking about ships. Because we mobilized our resources. Look, and after Pearl Harbor, the Japanese knew if they didn't get us sand, our industrial might, the American will, was going to overwhelm them. And it did. But the Production Act gets industry, automatically changes the production lines for what we need. And you know what it does, Joe and Joe? It does it at cost, not a profiteering. So right. why wasn't the Production Defense Act instituted immediately? Well, we want someone wanted corporations to make a lot of money and charge ten times the rate, and have the states compete for necessary health saving equipment. I mean, I'm not even going to get into all the politics of this. Your your folks need to know if they're out there, they need to tell their employer to make me safe. Give me a mask. Give me gloves. Uh, and Joe, to answer your question, there's fear. It's horrible. You know, folks are not getting. They're not even sleeping at night, knowing they have to go to work tomorrow.
2: Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Our special guest is Sam Pond, along with J. Doc M. Joe Krause. As we go into the commercial break, Sam will join us for uh, the full hour. Coming up in the second half of the show, Erica Shikanov from uh, Pond La Hockey will be along. We'll talk with Erica about employment law. Mike Parker will be with us, Social Security disability, and long term disability. We'll do that in segment number three. I'm going to get to our first commercial break this is saturday night live with philly labor back in a moment
0: portions of tonight's edition of saturday night live with philly labor are being sponsored by plumbers local 690 iron workers local 401 and SEIU local 32 bj
3: This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk. I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat,
0: not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart.
2: I'm On Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. our special guest is Sam Pond for the full hour tonight, bringing you uh, relevant information, things you need to know. Remember the COVID-19 hotline. Uh, is 267-606-4343, 267-606-4343. Dial that number uh, if you have a question. Sam, I want to jump into uh, a topic that uh, <clears throat> I think you can address, and I know Jdoc doc has a follow-up uh, question about this. Earlier today, uh, Instacart workers Uh, put uh, their employer on notice uh, that they're not coming to work tomorrow until they receive proper protection. And it's an issue uh, or a concern out there if workers are being forced to work. Listen. Everybody wants to help. I get it, but if you're working, you must, or the responsibility of the empo- falls on the employer to provide proper protection. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I without question.
3: I mean, I think we can we can all understand, and I don't know who would disagree. Well, maybe the owners of Instacart, but um, I think we we have a, a right, uh, maybe even a constitutional right. But clearly, a legal right to not work in unsafe working conditions. Um, that's been the law since we had the, the, the labor laws and the child labor laws. Uh, we need to protect people. We can't put them in harm's way. And Instacart is not—I don't think Instacart or anyone else—is really not. They're not doing right by the backbone of their of their company, that being their employees. But they're really exposing themselves to liability. Um, and they may actually be exposing themselves to a lawsuit for personal injury and go outside the workers' compensation sphere, but they're opening themselves up for a lot of workers' compensation cases. But people can't be forced to work in a, in a situation where they could get a disease and a virus, a known disease and a virus, that, quite frankly, is, is more contagious than any other virus that we've seen except for measles.
1: Sam, so, quick question. There's two types of workplaces at this point. Essential workplaces and non-essential workplaces. Uh, Joe Krauss's question is exactly where I was going as well. Um, individuals, you, you know, you say, you talk about the heroes out there. You talk about the essential workplaces, our first responders, uh, our, our hospital workers. But you know what? Even today, our retail workers, uh, the, you know, those individuals that are working in harm's way, just uh, under unbelievable uh, circumstances, having said that, You know, the masks, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of workplaces have not been, uh, you know, are not supplying, uh, you know, the the masks, the gloves, by the way, they're on short order. What is the responsibility and what happens if somebody gets sick and uh, and contracts, uh, though, you know, the virus under those circumstances? Does it matter? If, well, if, here, here's here, – this raises a bigger – I'm sorry, Joe. This raises a really right. a
3: bigger issue, and the bigger issue is we're, we're, in the, we're in this gig economy. And one of the consequences of a gig economy is that um, you, you have folks that are considered independent contractors. A lot of these folks are really – if there's an emergency, they're stuck on a lot of levels. And this is the consequence of understanding a gig economy. A gig economy has people that aren't paying into the social network or the social um, safety uh, net of of our social security system. They're not paying in for unemployment. They're not paying, although the the relief bill will give gig gig employees unemployment as well. But generally, they're not entitled to that. They're not paying into workers' comp. They're not covered by workers' comp. Uh, And if they're an independent contractor, such as Instacart, could go back and say, Instacart is an app that has people get groceries delivered to their house. So a lot of those folks are going to be saying that the employer Instacart is going to come back and say, "Well, wait a minute, you're really not an employee. You're a gig employee. You're an independent contractor. And we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't need to, we don't need, we don't need, we don't need to cover you because you're you're not an employee. You cover yourself." And this is one of the consequences of the gig economy that really is not talked about. It hasn't been talked by me on this show because we're a labor show. We also understand that the greatest protection you can have is for what? A collective bargaining
1: agreement. These
3: these, These folks are diametric to that. They don't have any protection.
1: Now, Sam, normally you can't sue your employer. And by the way, we're not advocating. I know you're the first one. Uh, that that is you know we're trying to provide information to workers and employers so they understand you know obviously what their rights and responsibilities are but normally with the grand bargain and you taught me this many times um, there are, you know that's why there's workers compensation when somebody gets sick on the job or they get injured on the job you, you know you don't you, you don't have the right to sue the employer uh, unless it's an extreme situation you you file for unemployment in this situation if an employer disregards uh, the safety requirements and does so purposely and the individual gets sick and possibly dies from it are there you know is there a negligence there at that point joe it's it's as good of a question someone could ask
3: because what the consequence of of, an, of someone that brings in gig employees, whether it's Uber or Instacart or whomever. The issue then becomes, okay, you're not, a, you're not my employee, so I don't have to provide you with unemployment. And I don't have to pay a payroll tax, and I don't have to pay you workers' comp. But you just raised their real liability. Their real liability now is they're exposing themselves to a possible lawsuit... Uh-huh. You're right, in tort, for negligence. Because if you're bringing me in, you may actually have a real problem because you may do be doing an intentional tort, which is even more um, in the way of compensation for injuries. So if, if I'm bringing in an independent contractor, they're not an employee, guess what? They can sue me. So Instacart is really exposed here if, in fact, they're, sa- they're putting someone in a negligent fashion, as you indicate, In harm's way, and if in fact that causes them to be sick, has a fatality, they could be they could be responsible in negligence, and that's really a big liability for a gig
1: economy employer. Then you 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 had mentioned you started off by by uh, talking about uh, the media and you know the uh, the responsibility, Uh, and I. Completely agree with that. Uh, I think it's so important that, that hope reigns supreme during this difficult time. Uh, where do you see uh, the media's impact uh, in, in regards to helping to set the tone for our nation? Because good news doesn't sell. And at this point, you're right. We have people afraid of the virus, afraid of their job and their career, not getting paid. Their business is shutting down. I, I mean, just it's unbelievable. And, and 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 as a follow-up to that, talk about the emotional distress um, of, of, of something like that and how that impacts workers' comp.
3: Yeah, well, I, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert here. I'm not an epidemiologist, and I'm not, a, I'm not a medical doctor, and I have, I have no qualifications. But I and I don't want the media to be Pollyannish either. But I think what we need is, I think we need to be objective and. Do the old-fashioned reporting. This is not an editorial. This is a. Re- this is you're a reporter. Report the facts and be objective. So don't cause. You know, you, you look at CNN, and I like well, I like watching CNN. But why do you have the bar on the side ranking up like it's a it's a meter of how many people have been infected and how many people are dying? In exactly. a way, it's it's morbid. I mean, why why are you doing that? You're doing that for one reason to sell time, to, you know, get a headline. And, you know, we, we, ha- we need more responsible journalism than that. We can't be talking about an outlier. Okay, they just said an infant died. Horrible, horrible. I don't know the circumstances of an infant dying. So you're going to have everyone that has an infant freaking out. Um, you know, what, we need to be really careful with what we're doing right now. And, by the way, what's the consequence of that kind of reporting on the health of our society, how many people yeah, are possibly possibly going? Not even I'm not even getting into the economy. I'm talking about because that's a whole other debate. But the whole fact is, why are we stressing ourselves out? Why are you stressing out people unreasonably, messing with their immune system, messing with their immune system because you're stressing them? They're going to be more susceptible to the disease, and that doesn't mean you got you, you have to say things that aren't true and you know, everything's fine, but let's not freak people out unnecessarily. Pick, you know, when you, when you hear about Italy, I talked about this earlier. It's horrible. It's horrible. But tell us now, why don't, you graph, why don't you graph about things leveling off? They have had the same amount of new infected cases in the last five days. Same as Spain. So they've plateaued, apparently. I don't know. I'm not an expert. But from what I can see, they've plateaued. And then start saying, well, look. They're about 12 days behind us. There's a chance. We don't know. But let's understand where this thing's going. And historically, pandemics have gone this way. But no, it's just scaring the hell out of everybody. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be doing the things that we're doing. I'm not saying that. I'm not a policymaker. But we need to have responsible journalism here. We also need to have people say, once in a while, say, understand your rights. There's so much information. Understand your legal rights. In regard to where you're going now and the economic damage that you've had, why don't we have a little bit of a talk on the relief bill? What's it going to do? How much do I get? What's the facts on unemployment? Joe, a public service five minute by a network on that would be so beneficial. People would say, oh, there's relief coming. I've got something coming. And, you know, that should be articulated also by our leaders. Absolutely.
2: Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. We are live for the full hour tonight with Sam Pond. We'll get to a commercial break. On the other side, we'll talk about employment law, social security disability, long-term disability, and roll on to the top of the hour. Back in a moment.
0: Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor are brought to you by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420.
1: We're going to try to work
3: with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working.
2: Back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. We are live tonight. We will be live every Saturday night uh, providing information uh, for the listening audience, for the union community, and standing strong uh, and committed with all of the health care workers, all of those working uh, on the front line, all of those members of the Philadelphia Fraternal Order of Police, all of those members of the National Guard who are walking into communities uh, and doing what they're supposed to do or uh, what they're uh, needed to do. Along with J-Doc, our special guest uh, tonight is Sam Pond. Uh, Erica Shikanov is going to join us right now from Pond, La Hockey, and we're going to talk uh, about employment law. Uh, I will tell you that we're efforting to get Mike Parker uh, into the conversation, uh, and we're working on that and working to connect uh, with Mike, jdoc So I'm going to turn it over to you, uh, drop off for a moment, and see if I can coordinate uh, bringing Mike into the call. Uh, I'll turn it over to you on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, it's funny You got I got yeah, to go. He's turning it over to you. You got it? Yeah. Yeah. Right, we'll, we'll Sam, it believe me,
2: president. Sam, believe me, I thought about that before I did that, but I gave it over anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I get
1: it. Oh, okay, now I get it. Uh, by the way, um, Willie Brown, uh, president of TW 234, is also trying to call in. Uh, so I know it's complicated because we're all calling in. But um, I'm happy to bring in uh, to the conversation Erica Shikanoff, who's an associate attorney uh, who specializes in employment law at Palm Erica, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, well, well, we're all doing well, relatively speaking. Speaking. Uh, very powerful conversation. Uh, and you and I talked earlier, and, and Sam, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the relief bill. And, and the uh, issues as related to employment. Uh, Eric. if you would kind of jump in and, and uh, tell us what's on your mind.
4: Sure. So there's been two um, pieces of federal legislation that have been passed within the past uh, seven days that I think are important for people to know about with regard to their employment um Right. And the first is the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. That is the act that's dealing with expansions of your family medical leave rights, your Americans with Disabilities Act rights. And it's talking about expanding into pay fee for federal workers and also for employers of, uh, I believe, um, more than 50 but under 500 employees so um, I there there if you Google either one of our either one of those laws the Families first coronavirus response act it, it literally I just did it you google it up it gives you bullet points exactly how those rights um, are expanded I don't want to get too far into the nitty-gritty tonight because I want folks to know just to have the resources to know what's going on uh, the other uh, law that was just passed actually today, it was signed uh, into law today, Um, is that CARES package, which is the, the, you know, trillion-of-dollar bailout package that everybody's been talking about on the news. The biggest thing with this law, insofar as it relates to your employment rights, is the expansion of the unemployment payments. Um, This is um, expanding unemployment both with regard to the amount of money you can collect unemployment, for how long you can collect unemployment. And it also extends unemployment to gig workers and freelancers and also folks who might not have a full uh, six months of work logged in with their particular employer.
2: Saturday Night Live with Philly. La- Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT. That COVID nineteen hotline number two six seven six zero six four three four three. And Sam, questions for Erica can come through that hotline as well, uh, I imagine. Uh, I'll come to you in a second. Willie Brown, J-Doc, is on hold. We'll get to Willie in just a moment. Uh, Sam, uh, that COVID-19 hotline number is there. It's a resource uh, for listeners uh, who have questions.
3: Yeah, and Erica, in regard to the employment law, they we have a, a blurb on that, and, and yeah, Erica can uh, we'll have someone let Erica know that they've called, and Erica will be more than happy to, to give them uh, counsel and advice in regard to whatever whatever the rights are under the employment laws.
2: Erica, I, I I will say, and just to follow up on on your opening thought, there appears to be uh, so many people in the employment cycle. Uh, who are either being laid off or let go or furloughed or, or discontinued, whatever whatever adjective you want to use uh, for the separation, um, perhaps some companies are even, even using the opportunity to purge uh, employees, and they don't know what their rights are.
4: So there's a few things that I would encourage somebody to do if they've been laid off or furloughed. The first thing and the most important thing is you need to get that unemployment application in right away. Um, And the reason for that is, as I just mentioned, they're expanding the protections, the amount of money you can collect for how long you can collect it and who's eligible, but also because these systems are getting incredibly backed up because so many people are being laid off right now. The typical wait time for unemployment would be about six weeks from the date that you applied. And obviously that's a rent cycle. So you want to make sure that you're applying for that right away just to have some sort of income coming in. Um, There is a longer wait time. They do, Pay you any of the back owed, meaning that it would be from the date that you applied moving forward. So it just takes a while for the payments to kick in. So, that first and foremost would be the most important thing that I would tell people is their first action item if they're trying to figure out what to do after they've been. after they've been laid off or furloughed. Um, The other thing that I would encourage folks to do is to speak with their employer and ask for a sort of quasi-exit interview and figure out why why are they being laid off. Um, Pennsylvania in particular is an at-will state, so the employer doesn't necessarily have to give them a reason, but you want to have an idea as you're walking out the door if you're going to be invited back or not. Um, So I would encourage people to inquire into that because that's going to change how you handle things. If you're not being invited back, you know, you need to start... not, you know, polishing up your resume, hitting up indeed, and then we need to look into if there could be another underlying reason as to why you were selected for the layoff. But in some circumstances, there are issues with um, the employers just can't afford to keep people on, and they have every intention of bringing them back when businesses are opening.
2: Okay, six minutes until okay, we get to zero. the uh, uh, Sam, hold for one second, six sure. minutes until uh, we get to the break, uh, and I didn't mean to step on you, I'm just trying to keep manage uh, everything. Mike Parker is on hold Mike, you stay on hold uh, we'll get to you uh, and bring you uh, in the conversation uh, Sam, I'm going to let you ask Erica the question, and then we're going to bring Willie Brown in uh, to close out the segment, so Sam let me come to you first uh, and then we'll move things around. Mike Parker stay on hold. Go ahead, Sam.
3: Eric, is there a difference between being laid off and furloughed?
4: Uh, well, with furlough, typically your employer is allowing you to keep insurance benefits and your, your status is still that you're an active employee. Um, and that's sort of boiling it down into its simplest terms. If you are being laid off, Um, that would impact your insurance benefits and you are technically separating the employment relationship. Some employers, though, in these economic times don't have the ability to um, continue on with the insurance or there's other financial issues. So I still think regardless of whether you've been furloughed or laid off, the prudent thing to do would be to um, get an understanding from your employer if it's their intention to bring you back or not once um, the pandemic um, has become contained
3: if i'm if so, uh, i'm if, if, um, if, um, if, um, if i'm furloughed though i can't apply for unemployment correct
4: i'm sorry you can can yes you can i'm answering in the affirmative apply for unemployment if you've been furloughed
0: thanks
1: thank you so much Erica. and and uh, we're going to bring in willie brown president of tw234 willie how are you today
0: i'm doing great how are you
1: we're all hanging in there my friend um how you and, doing, willie you're, you're I'm good. Out. How are you? How you been? Good. I'm well. Good. So, uh, what's on uh, What's on
0: your mind, buddy? Oh, you know, we uh, want to give a perspective from a, a union standpoint. You know, with this uh, thing going, on, I'm going to have to reach out to Sam pretty soon. Uh, the last two days, uh, when it comes to the bus drivers, we've had seven people in our union test positive. So mm-hmm. it's um,
3: mm-hmm. people
0: going oh, to please take this thing seriously. Uh, we have one seven, possibly eight because one of them is a husband and wife combination and the husband tested positive. The wife does not take the test until Monday, so it's possibly eight as of Monday. So we need people to you know please take this thing seriously. And and where yeah, Willie's you
1: know,
3: Will, 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 yeah, members are on the front line, the buses and, and everything else is still running and you know, you can have all you can have gloves, but if you're not necessarily having a mask, it's you know, the gloves are good but you have to change the gloves almost continuously. And if there's not enough gloves there and having a mask and, you know, I've been watching your folks and some of them, most of them have gloves, but, you know, not all masks. And it's uh, you guys are on the front line.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, you know, the back order on the hand sanitizer, the, uh, the gloves, we just had agreement that they wouldn't bother the people if they had the mask on, but we don't have the mask in yet. So that's uh, a problem we have. Then you know, and also <laughs> the labor standpoint, some people get laid off we just lost 300 people out of MVPAD Transit. They decided to close the doors because they couldn't survive. So, you know, it's just, it's, you know, bad the labor movement right now. Yeah.
1: Willie, how are your members uh, dealing with this situation on the front lines? What is the sen- what is the sentiment of the members?
0: Well, most of them accept the responsibility that we are frontline people and that we understand that if we don't work, uh, nobody else gets to work. I mean, we have to be able to get the doctors there, uh, the police or whomever, we have to, able to take them to their uh, place of employment. So, you know, it's upbeat in a way. Uh, but everybody's,
1: everybody's scared. Yeah, no question about it. What do you tell you your know,
3: members? I, Joe, I, Joe, Joe, I think it's, you know, I think, and there's a greater appreciation for, you know, I, I represent a lot of these hardworking folks, and, you know, I'm not going to necessarily tell all the, the, the stories of, you know how they work through things and how they're treated and or mistreated, but Willie really makes a good point that really the, the the media is not picking up on, and that is, um, you know, his members are really the in a lot of situations the people that are avail or, are
1: responsible for and transporting our healthcare workers and our essential workers. Absolutely, that they're the transit workers that are making sure that the essential workplaces. Are populated that people can get to work. What do you tell the members, Willie? Because I know you're working incredibly hard, uh, and and I know you're barely sleeping. Tell us, tell us what's on your mind when you when, when when you're consoling a member that is going to work every day in a bus where there's dozens of people.
0: Well, it's it's like a catch twenty two.
1: We haven't, uh, you know,
0: I'm telling them, you know, I appreciate what they're doing or whatever, but it's hard to tell somebody to, to make a decision for them. Like you have some people who have uh, scenes in it. And like me, for example. My mother's 75 years old, and because right. of, she has all kinds of health issues, because I'm out with the members, I can't go see her. I won't go see her right now. So a lot of the members, right. are, they, they have the same problems. I mean, so it's hard to, you know, when you look them in the face, you, you know what, uh, what, what's possibly out there for them. You have some, we, don't know, we don't have a, uh, a quota of how many people should be on the bus. That's one thing we're trying to get established now. Because these will be six feet apart when it comes to the passengers, how many people should be on the bus before you uh say I can't pick anybody else up?
2: How do we get that how do we get the answer to that question, uh Sam? Can we get how do we figure that out what that answer is?
3: Yeah. Well, I mean it's you know, it there's a lot of things going on in there because Willie's folks have a collective bargaining agreement and yet we've got a clear mandate from um federal state and local that we have to say you have social distancing so uh, you know i think you have to have the social distancing number one for the safety of the passengers that are coming in as business invitees of septa um so you know and it's tough for a bus driver because if someone's not doing it you know what's you know who the hell knows what's going to happen i mean there's a lot of things going on that uh, i don't think willie or anyone willie's been around a long time that anyone's ever
2: seen Willie Brown joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. We're going to get to a quick uh, commercial break. Willie, we're live every Saturday night. Uh, We're live. We're there. Uh, If you need, you just ring that line, and we'll bring you in. We'll get the message out. We'll push for change. We'll push for support. Thanks for calling into the Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor.
0: Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor are being sponsored by IOTC Local 8, District 1199C, and the Newspaper
2: Guild.
5: The right-wing conservatives don't have to drive themselves crazy. They can walk there.
2: (laughs) God bless you. And back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Six minutes and 30 seconds till we get uh, to the top of the hour. This last segment, Sam Pond is there. Uh, Mike Parker we're going to bring into the conversation. Uh, Eric Shukanov is still with us, uh, and J-Doc is listening. J-Doc, you can stay on mute. Sam, I'll let you lead Mike <laughs> into the uh, Q&A just so we can at least get out uh, information uh, from Mike Par- uh, Mike Parker, part of your per- firm on either. Either social security disability or and or long-term disability.
3: Uh, Mike we have seen a spike in our social security disability uh, numbers coming into the firm. Um, why is that happening? What are people's rights? Uh, what should they do if they've lost their job in, in, in applying for social security disability? And just bring it on about you know your your whole representation of people as well in regard to short-term or long-term disability policy. So I'll just turn it over to you and uh, you can tell the audience what they need to know.
5: Great. Thanks, Sam. Uh, and, and Joe, thanks uh, for having me on uh, tonight as well. Um, Social Security disability is uh, an insurance that you take out with the federal government. Uh, out of every paycheck, you pay a premium, a tax that goes towards uh, this insurance uh, with the federal government that's pr- to protect you. Uh, if you can no longer engage in substantial gainful activity. Um, Now, I was practicing back uh, when we had another uh, financial crisis, and you saw a spike in numbers then, uh, so it's not uh, unusual to see a spike in in numbers now in terms of uh, people with disabilities uh, filing applications at this point. Um, Typically age is a crucial factor in a disability analysis. So when you have an individual who uh, worked their entire life in one particular field, they're approaching retirement age, and now all of their ailments, all of their uh, injuries that they accrue throughout the years, really affecting them, uh, affecting their ability to perform their job. And now some people are losing their jobs. Uh, It's really bringing to mind uh, the uh, opportunity uh, and, and the prospect there to file for uh Social Security disability, uh, file a claim with the federal government at the Social Security Administration. Uh, and, uh, you know, we certainly do that at our office. We assist individuals by filing the claim for them. Uh, and we take can the Mike, entire bro, can process. I, Mike, sure.
3: Mike, Mike, can I just interrupt you? I'm sorry, Joe Doc. Yeah. Can I just interrupt sure. you? I mean, this, this, is what, this is what people paid for, out of that 6.2% coming out of their paycheck. Absolutely. They bought, it, they bought a retirement plan, they bought a medical plan called Medicare, and they bought a disability plan. That disability plan in this time of need is really something that folks that are over 50 and younger than 65, that 15-year window is really a safety net that is there for them because you may have not stopped working because you're disabled, But basically, if you're out of a job, you could have just been in pain every day with a headache, an emotional problem, bad knees, bad hips, whatever, and just kind of getting through the day. Well, now you've bought the disability plan that you're still going to be able to get even though you were laid off. So you have to meet the criteria. But my point to the listeners is this is an other basic benefit that you've invested in, that you've paid for,
1: that you can now get in a crisis. And and one thing, we got about a minute and a half. Mike, real quick, people, you know, talking about the coronavirus, people who are of a certain age who who get struck down with this, um, is there a connection between that and being able to file for a Social Security
5: disability? Well, with Social Security disability, the condition has to last for a period of 12 months or uh, be expected to to result in death. Uh, so hopefully the individual will recover uh, from the uh, COVID-19 virus. Uh, what they could potentially apply for, just strictly dealing with that condition, no, uh, no other condition, but strictly dealing with the, the coronavirus, you could apply for, if you have it, short-term disability through your employer or through a policy that you have on your own. Uh, that has a far uh, shorter duration period. Uh, But hopefully, it could take you for the duration of of the condition uh, and pay you uh, what's owed under that insurance policy for that specific condition.
2: The COVID-19 Sam, hot the, the COVID-19 hotline number is two six seven six zero six four three four three. Mike Parker, Erica Shukanov joining us here in the second half of the show. Uh, thanks to Erica. Uh, thanks to Mike. Uh, jdoc Doc, please leave the timing to me. We have a minute and a half left in the show now, uh, and I give that time to uh, Sam Pond. Sam, when you hear the music, uh, you know it's coming back to me, sir.
1: All
3: right, thanks. Well, you know, look, first of all, thanks thanks for having us, Joe. It's always a pleasure to be here. Thanks, Erica. Um, and thanks, Mike. And it's always good to hear from a great union leader, Willie Brown, who, um, you know, I was listening to Willie, and and we've talked about so often about leadership and Joe started the show, Joe Dosh started the show with talking about leaders now more than ever. And it's amazing how the union leadership is just cream, it just rises to the top. All the time. You know, they just get into it. They get into battle mode. They get into the trench. They round up the troops. They're optimistic. They're working at it. They're looking at all the ways to benefit, to protect their members, to make sure there's going to be jobs. I'm just always impressed with that type of leadership. And for Willie to call in tonight, and I've spoken to some of his people over the last couple of weeks, you know, to, 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 in fact, uh, Joe DeChico, in his, his, in his, his uh, office, uh, said to me, him, yeah. Why don't we? Why don't we put together a, a bullet and make this make this hotline? So it was it was something that Joe and I had talked about. So it was really, you know, the Transport Workers Union who, who was really in the forefront of giving this information uh, out to all members, out to all unions, out to everyone. Um, so people have rights, Joe. They need to educate themselves. They need to understand what there is now for them to get.
2: Well done. Well, uh, great job tonight under tough circumstances, uh, but that's what we will do every Saturday night. We will continue uh, to be live. Uh, Sam Pond, uh, well done. There's light at the end of the tunnel, my friend. You're holding uh, one of the candles. I appreciate it very much uh, for you and your team joining the show. On behalf of J-Doc, on behalf of our entire union community, Phil and Anthony back in the studio, I'm Joe Krause.